This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. All right. So as Jews, we tend to be extremely clean people. And tonight's topic, we are going to talk about the topic of Nikias, which is cleanliness. And most people generally don't seem to struggle with this, but Judaism seems to have this really strong emphasis on being clean. We have Nitila Sidaim, we have Negovasar, we're cleaning for Pesach, Mikvah. Somebody gets a haircut, they wash their hands, they cut their nails, they wash their hands. Kohanim serving, they have to watch, like Kohanim Duchening. Every, it, it seems like Judaism revolves or has such a very strong emphasis on Nikias, on cleanliness. And we're going to find that of all of the Midos, which have something unique about them, cleanliness specifically has this like added layer of of like security around if you're like in it right so like an like an added layer of security around nikias when it comes to cleanliness wow like we go like above and beyond so what's the deal with cleanliness so there's a gemara and the gemara says that if a talmud chacham goes outside and on his shirt he has something a stain or something dirty the gemara says is talmud chacham is chayiv misa very interesting concept. You never, ever find this. You never find that, like, you have a tamachacham, he goes outside and he's unorganized, he has scatterbrain or something like that. He's chayim misa. No, he goes outside, he's wearing his frock and his crocs, and he walks outside and he has a stain on his shirt. Allah is, he's chayim misa. Why? Hasn't make any sense in the world. So whenever we talk about the concept of midos, we always said that every midah contains within it two levels. It has its way of manifesting itself on the outside. And we said that it has its way of manifesting itself on the inside, the chitoni and the pnimi, right? The outside and the inside. And Shem, my darling son, has pointed out, as we've been learning through many of these midos, he said, yeah, yeah, that one, the reason is because that's an internal feeling, or this one is because it's an external feeling. So we find that many of the midos have this like internal, external side to it. When it comes to Nikias, when it comes to cleanliness, the way that Nikias is explained is something which when I learned it, it sort of blew my mind. It works as follows. Nikias is not an internal or an external feeling or mida. What Nikias is, cleanliness, what it is, is that a person has to recognize, I'm going to say this in two levels, that A, he's a neshama, his neshama is cloaked in a guf. His guf is cloaked in clothing. So therefore what? So therefore things that you wouldn't want to quote unquote dirty your neshama, you should not allow to dirty your guf or dirty your clothing. What does that mean? So I'm explaining to you in the best possible mashal that I could possibly think of. Imagine a person gets up in the morning. They get up and they say moda'ani. And we said that every time a person says moda'ani, they're supposed to think what? Anybody remember anything? Anybody? We said a person says Modani, they're supposed to thank Hashem for the Kayach Habechira, the ability to choose and say, Hashem, you made me a human. And as a human, I have a Neshama. And as a Neshama, I can choose to do anything today. I can work on any struggles that I had. I can go to therapy today. I could rekindle a relationship. I could destroy a relationship. I could destroy lives. I could build lives. I could create lives. I could change my life. Every morning a person says Modani, they should think, I have the ability, the kayach habechira. Okay. And then a person goes ahead 
And they say, like, kind neshama, shenasatavi, tahirahi. My neshama is tahar. What does that mean? So I want you to visualize for a minute. And if you're driving, then don't close your eyes. But if you're sitting stationary, then try to do this as a visual. Close your eyes for a second and imagine that this morning you woke up and I gave you a piece of glass. The glass is 12 inches by 12 inches. It's one foot and it it has sharp edges. It's a very fragile piece of glass. It's not a bulletproof piece of glass, but you have a piece of glass. And I say to you, I'm entrusting you with this piece of glass. Okay. At the end of the day, every single day, I'm going to check and make sure that the piece of glass is clean, that it's not chipped, that it has no, no defects, that you've watched over this piece of glass in the highest level that you needed to watch over it. That is your neshama. Your neshama is extremely delicate. And as such, it's like a piece of glass. It's clean, it's clear, it's pristine, it's beautiful. That is our neshama. And every person who has a neshama, which is every person who's alive, is clean and pure and beautiful. And you get up every single morning and you say, I'm pure, I'm clean. I have a clean piece of glass starting off my day. But wait a minute. There's a very good chance that this piece of glass is going to get tainted and fingerprints and dirty. So what happens? We say, okay, let's, let's wrap this up. So we take our piece of glass, we put it down and we wrap it in paper. Okay, like packing paper. We wrap it up in paper, we put some duct tape around it, and we say, okay, now I'm going to go through the day making sure that my glass doesn't get dirty, doesn't get fingerprints on it. That is your goof. Your goof is what cloaks your neshama. And it goes through the day, and it's sort of like this barrier. It protects it from certain things. It protects it from fingerprints. It protects it from people maybe looking at it or smudging it, minor bumps and bruises. It protects it. It's not enough. It's not enough. Because at the end of the day, you could still come home and find that your piece of glass is broken within the paper. So you put it in a box. And I say to you, okay, you're going to go through your entire day from when you wake up in the morning until you go to sleep with your piece of glass inside your paper, inside your box. And at the end of the day, I'm going to check back and see how your piece of glass is doing. So what happens when you come at the end of the day and I look at your piece of glass and it's intact. But I look at your paper it's intact. I look at your box. Your box is dented. Your box has chips in it. You dropped your box three or four times and it looks like it got, fell down a flight of stairs. Am I going to trust you tomorrow that your piece of glass is going to come back in one piece? No. I'm going to be very nervous. Because the outer layer allowed something to hit it, to bang against it, to come in contact with it. That is the muscle of Nikias. Nikias, we think of cleanliness as in cleanliness is something which I have to be clean. Um, what's the Uncle Moshi song? Gotta be neat. You gotta be clean, right? Have to put your clothes in the washing machine or something, right? That's like, that's like, oh, yeah, fine, I do. No. Cleanliness is about recognizing that a person has sort of like an invisible ring around them. And then beyond that ring, there's a second ring. And beyond that ring, there's a third ring. And cleanliness is about recognizing that the same way on a physical sense, a person has to protect himself to make sure that there's not things that are coming in contact with their outermost layer, their clothing. Certainly, you wouldn't want to get a splinter or a cod, an abrasion or anything like that on your body. The same way a person has to be that conscious to protect their clothing and to protect their body. 
a person has to be that much more sensitive to protecting their soul. And therefore, the concept of Nikias, which nobody tends to think of, is that the chitzainius mare peninius, the outside is a reflection of the inside. And therefore, what the Gemara is saying is that a person who is not, co- not cognizant, they're not aware of things which are falling onto them from the outside, and they're allowing it into their inner circle to taint them and to dirty them, such a person is high of Misa because it's only a matter of time before his fragile neshama, his glass, is broken. And that is where Nikias becomes the most important of all of the Midos. You never find anywhere a concept where if somebody breaks a Midah, Chayiv Misa. You get angry, Chayiv Misa. You never find such a concept. We find this is disgusting, this is bad. Nikias, whoa. Because Nikias is a person recognizing that their Nishama is even more sensitive than their body and it's even more sensitive than their clothing. In the same way your clothing doesn't like ketchup and mustard, in the same way your body doesn't like a knife or a gun, your neshama doesn't like averas and things which are dirty. It's very fascinating that when somebody is exposed to something or does something that they know is intrinsically not good for them, people always say, I felt so dirty, right? People say that, I felt so dirty. What does that mean? It's like a weird expression, but it's Nikias. I felt so dirty means I felt that there was something on the outside that I allowed to soil me. My neshama is soiled. What I was just exposed to, I was soiled. I remember what my wife told me, my wife told me a bunch of the things tonight, but she told me a story many years ago of a story of a group of chilonim, secular Israelis, who lived in a yeshuv up in the north of Eretz Yisrael. And they had heard that in Tel Aviv, there was a club that had every Aver you could imagine was going on at that club. And these four guys were so excited. They were planning this trip for weeks and weeks and weeks. One day, one night, they're going to take a trip. They're going to this club. Finally, one day, they rent a car. They take off. They drive down to Tel Aviv. And they get out of the car. And three of the guys go ahead and they run into this club. And the fourth guy says, yeah, one second, I'm just going to go to the corner, grab something from the kiosk. I have to just grab something to eat, a a drink, something. And he was like running behind his friend. And as his friends were in the club, he comes two minutes later and he starts walking towards the club. And as he's walking down the street, he sees this yeshiva bachar, a little bachar, and he has his hat and he has his gemara and he has his rambam and he's running to yeshiva. And as this bachar passes by the club, he like looks away. He's like, Ugh. he just puts his head down and he just runs. And this guy, this Chiloni guy, he's like, one second. Here you have a Bacher who felt dirty. He went through an experience where something from the outside penetrated this invisible shield. And it, it was like a gunshot went off. Like, oh, I can't see that. Oh, I can't look at that. That's, that's, oh. Uh. And he's like, and here I was planning for weeks and weeks to come to this place. It doesn't make sense. I'm missing something. I'm missing a sensitivity. And I want to say that perhaps Nikios is that sensitivity. It's the sensitivity towards the external factors which we allow into our inner rings. 
That is what Nikios is. Or the key to Nikios is about protecting everything about you, starting from the outermost layer and certainly to the innermost layer. That is Nikios. And when a person develops those sensitivities, they, I'm allergic to that. I can't have that. Don't put that near me. Because they just know that this is inherently bad for me, and therefore they just, they just can't. It's just, not, it's just not for me. I remember a few years ago, um, so I, I may have said this story before, I'm, I'm not allergic to like peanuts and nuts and these kinds of things, but if I do eat them, they really, really, really hurt me terribly. So I can't have like cashews and pistachios and peanuts and all these things. So a few years ago, uh, <laughs> I, I totally, I like, I told myself, I convinced myself that peanuts and nuts and all these things are just the worst thing in the world for you. They're the worst thing. Like if I look at it, uh, it's terrible. I would like convince myself, no, this is poison. This is bad. This is terrible. One Shabbos, one Shabbos, one Shabbos. We're sitting by Shalash Shadis. And my wife says to me, she says, I got you a treat. I got the best ice cream in the world. Now, besides for that, I also can't have milk. There's like 59 different things I can't have. Okay. So she's like, I got you the best ice cream. It mamish tastes milk. This is like the best ice cream. So already my eyebrows are going up. Like I can't have milk. I can't have so many things. Like what did you get me? Like, this is not going to work. I was like, no, I'm telling you so, so good. So I look at this, this thing and it looks really, really good. Uh, and it turns out that it's made out of cashew milk. So a little bit of a conversation ensued as to is cashew milk cashews or I'm not allergic to cashews I'm only I can't eat cashews but if it's just cashew milk it's not really cashews so I was like is it worth it is it not worth it yeah maybe maybe we're going back and forth and then finally it was like okay whatever it looks really good so I I indulged a little bit and I had some ice cream it did not take very long before all systems just started going Haywire. It was like literally like, like my, my brain was climbing out of my skull. Everything was just going sideways. And we learned the hard way <laughs> that cashew milk is cashews. And therefore, you should not try it. If you cannot digest cashews, you're going to have a hard time with the cashew milk. And I said to my wife at the time, because the, um, the um, <laughs> cranial eruption, let's call it, like where my, my brain was literally crawling out of my ears, it happened as I was driving down the West Side Highway. And I, I was sending my wife messages like, okay, I'm going to Columbia Presbyterian House. Okay, I'm going to this hospital, NYU, meet me at the emergency room. Like I kept sending her messages on WhatsApp, like, this is it. This is the end. I, I am not making it. And then at the end, end, end of my uh, little uh, rant, I said, I said a few words. I said, Lai Shava Lano. This was not worth it. This was just not worth it. This whole ice cream situation was just not worth it. I allowed something that I knew could be harmful from an outer sphere. I allowed it to come closer. And the whole experience was just not worth it. We live our lives sometimes going through various experiences where there's outside stimuli. And those outside stimuli, we ignore them. Sometimes we pay some attention to it. And then sometimes we allow it to sort of come into, into our lives a little bit more than we should. A few years ago, I was sitting with a couple. This guy came in to my house. So I remember it was the week that I turned 30. And 
this guy came in, um, an older guy. He was probably a couple, couple's probably in their fifties. And this guy came into the house and he looks at me and he says, is your father home? So I said, no, you're not here for my father. You're here for me. So he says, look very, very young. Like you're going to deal with my marriage. So I said, uh, I said, listen, doing this for a very long time, doing this since I'm in my twenties. He said, okay, Baruch Hashem, you look very, very young. So he sat down and we started talking. And within two minutes, this guy, he, he was off the rails. He was screaming. He was yelling. He was cursing. He was totally going crazy. So I stopped the conversation after like 10 minutes of him ranting and raving and screaming. And I said, I have a question for you. You have a daughter who's 22 years old. She just got married. And your daughter comes here because she's having a bit of a conversation with her husband. And you happen to be listening in through the window. And you hear your son-in-law screaming and yelling and ranting and cursing, just like you are. Mom is just like you are. And your daughter turns back and She's, she's no slouch. She gives it to him and she's screaming and yelling. What would you say? So the guy says, my daughter was like that. I would say, who raised this kid? You know, it doesn't make any sense. I would be so upset at her. And I said, okay, so what happened to you? You're, you're 52 years old. What happened to you? You woke up one day and yelling and screaming. Where did that come from? And I'll tell you what I think. And my experience from most people is that they're not born that way. They're not born that way. It's the exposure, firstly, to things that are on the outside. And then it becomes the exposure to themselves. We become exposed to ourselves. We don't even realize how we're talking. We learn as wives and as mothers and as fathers and as children, that's a normal way to talk. So that's how we talk. The sensitivity in the beginning, when somebody raises their voice or slams something down or starts yelling and screaming, we go like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? You don't talk like that. You don't act like that. But after the 10th time, we're like, oh, okay, that's, that's them. They're in their mood. They're going crazy. Fine. Yeah, it's normal. And after like the 100th time, we just like learn to expect it. Like, oh, watch out. <laughs> Mommy's going to go crazy tonight. Okay. It just becomes a joke because that's how that person reacts. But the sensitivity that we have towards ourselves has to not only extend to ourself, but also push towards other people. And when we do that, we start to create these barriers. And we create these barriers, those barriers start to develop sensitivities. And when those sensitivities are there, that's when we live our lives with a much clearer neshama. My wife told me a story of her, of her teacher in seminary who heard that when you're expecting a baby, that it's very important to be makbed on Shmira Senayim. Even as a girl, as a woman, should be makbed on Shmira Senayim, which is not a topic for right now, but the concept of is not only applicable to men, it's also applicable to women. All los essays in the Torah apply to women as well as to men. So FYI, but it's a different conversation. We're not going to go there right now. But this woman heard this idea and she was like, wow, that's so beautiful. If I am creating a child, you can just press a button. If I, you just press it and turn it up. Oh, okay. If I'm creating a child, then I want that child to be born with like all like the Nikias in the world. I remember when every single one of my children were born, right? I picked up the child, like a fresh new neshama, held each one of them and through tears, each one of them, I said, Shema and Nishmas. Like you want the first thing that goes into your child's brain to be like a Dover Shabbat Kedusha, not like, ah, he's so fat. You know what I'm saying? You want it to be like something that's like, oh, this is your child, right? And what happened? This woman, throughout her entire pregnancy, she was so mockbed. 
any billboard, any ad, any magazine, anything that had anything to do with something that she wouldn't want her child to be exposed to. She was very mocked that she didn't, that she didn't have any exposure to it. And she said after she had a baby, she just noticed that she couldn't go, she couldn't go back. Like she couldn't go back. Her sensitivity was there. She suddenly became like allergic to pretzels. It's like, oh, that's pretzels. Well, when we're younger, maybe Tzniyas is not taught this way, but it really should be, is that you're a Malka and therefore you dress in a certain way. And we're not going to talk about Tzniyas. I know a lot of people are allergic to the word Tzniyas. So I'm not going to trigger anybody, okay? But we, we're, we're taught it maybe in a way where it's so not nice and beautiful. But if it was nice and beautiful and Pritas was just, ugh, disgusting, so then we would look at it and say to ourselves, wow, this is amazing and beautiful and princely and a princess and it's all amazing. And everything else is not so nice and not so pretty. And therefore we develop that sensitivity. But as we get older and we have our own exposures to things that we allow to dirty and sully, sully, is that the word? Dirty and sully our neshamas by having that exposure it sort of takes our sensitivities down one notch after the next and after the next. And the concept of Nikios is that once you start down that path, there's no question it eventually will hit the neshama. There's no question. If it's something that's outside and it's supposed to be on the outside and you allow it to come in, there is no question it ultimately will affect you. It could be somebody around you who's cursing. It could be somebody around you who's talking about topics. It could be anything that you know, I feel dirty. I don't feel good. I don't feel emistic. I don't feel like I'm living a real life, a gehaibana life, an uplifting life because I'm allowing outside things to come and affect me. A person who feels that, ultimately it will affect their neshama. There's no question about it. And what was it going to say? Chayiv Misa. Chayiv Misa because you have a ketchup stain on your shirt because it's not about the ketchup stain. It's about the fact that you've allowed outside things to come in. Ask anybody who started withdrawing from soda and junk food and all this other nonsense, let's call it, right? After a few weeks, a few months, the person is just like disgusting. You look at a, like a Diet Coke bottle. It looks like it came out of a laboratory. Like it's filled with like, you can't even bring yourself to take a sip. Even if you're, you're like schwitzing on the side of a, of a dance floor on a wedding, you're like, Ugh, I cannot do it. Cannot bring myself to do it water, tea, something, fine. That, ugh, there's so many things, chemicals and stuff. It looks like it, looks like it came out of like, a, like a, a plant that just has like smoke billowing out of it, right? But when you drink Coke every day and you sit down every day and you pour yourself a big glass of Coke, you're like, oh, what's wrong? It's just Coke. But when you've developed that sensitivity towards these things, wow, totally changes the way you feel about yourself. That is the concept of Nikias. Is your neshama has the ability to guide you. If a person just stops and asks himself, does this transaction sound amnestic? Is, th- is this relationship seem healthy? You just ask yourself the basic questions that your own neshama should be able to answer for you. Your sh- neshama should be able to give you the right answer. But when you take that piece of glass and you smudge it up with f- fingerprints, and then you try to look through it in order to get a perspective on life, oftentimes it gets completely misconstrued so therefore let's end with this is that nikias is cleanliness and in a certain sense cleanliness while seemingly the least important of everything else that we've discussed until now including 
which is the basic understanding of midos, is a person's calm and serene and normal, and they're not screaming and yelling. Nikias, in a certain sense, is even more important than that. It is more important than anything else because what it represents is boundaries. And the same way you tell a little child about boundary crosses and don't allow things in and don't allow people who are creepers near you and all of the things that we tell children, we have to tell that to ourselves even more. Because at the end of the day, we are just as impressionable because we have our neshama and our neshama is a fragile piece of glass. And if we remember that every single day, then not only does it affect our nikias, but it helps affect almost every other area in our lives. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.